name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord, through Blessed St. Paul, is writing to the Ephesian church in chapter 4. If you look at the entirety of chapter 4 of Ephesians, it is this, St. Paul begins painting this extraordinarily beautiful picture of the reality of the body of Christ, the kingdom of God on earth. And he's painting that picture as he talks about the fact that every single piece of the body, every soul, every person is all joined together. All, excuse me, with each and separate and different and yet equal gifts to offer to the Lord and to offer to one another for the salvation of all and for the salvation of their own souls. This is the beautiful picture that St. Paul paints. You've heard me refer it in the past as if St. Paul is describing it as one of those great mosaics of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're in a mosaic. Remember, you, you have all those little tile pieces, each one of them. You take one out, you don't get the whole picture, and you look at just one of them, you don't get the whole picture. But you put all of those together in that mosaic, and you step back, and Christ is revealed. You see? This is what the body of Christ is to be. The rest of Ephesians, and where we begin today, the rest of Ephesians is St. Paul talking about how do we protect the unity in the body of Christ? And how do we nurture it, and how do we further it? And that's what we're going to look at today for our benefit, even here in this blessed parish. Let me summarize to you St. Paul, the whole rest of the chapter 4. St. Paul is telling us, don't live like those outside of Christ, who live with their minds darkened. For they have not received the light of Christ because of the hardness of their hearts. Do not live as they do, giving themselves over so easily to the lusts of the flesh and lewdness. Do not live from the fallen man put to death in Jesus Christ in your baptism. For there you were made new and alive in Jesus Christ, raised in his resurrection. So be renewed in your mind and live as that new creation that you've been given grace to become. Be master over your anger toward one another. And do not let the sun go down on it. Always be reconciled to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do not let anger be rooted in you, but dig it out quickly. For the sake of Christ's peace among us. And put a guard over your mouth. Watch your words. Let nothing unclean or vulgar come out of your mouth. Do not let the tongue like a mighty sword. Don't let it strike and wound and hurt your brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. And St. Paul goes on to say, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil, speaking be put away from you with all malice. And rather, rather than all of that, be kind to one another, tender hearted towards one another, forgiving one another even as Christ forgave you. These are St. Paul's instructions to us today, our Lord's instructions to us today, that we together in this community are to live from our new and resurrected life, not by our former selves, by the new and resurrected life within us, Jesus Christ himself towards one another. Anything else 
And every time we go back to that old man put to death in our baptism towards one another, anything else, any other kind of living will hinder and it will limit the experience that God has availed for us to live in blessed unity above which even Scripture tells us there is no greater blessing and no greater joy than when the people of God dwell together in beautiful love and humility. And today for a few moments in our time, we want to focus our attention on one of the very weapons that our enemy uses absolutely the most to divide Christ's people and to suffocate the experience of that wondrous unity of love and peace and joy that Christ has given us to experience. And that weapon, you probably already know it, that weapon is within each of our bodies. It's within our mouths. That weapon is our tongue. And the weapon of the tongue is directly connected to what? Our soul. Our soul. I'm going to read you a number of scriptures on what our Lord, through the wisdom of His church, and what He says directly to us about our words and our tongue. In St. James chapter 3, St. James begins the chapter telling us that the tongue is like the rudder of the soul. From within, out of our mouth, comes whatever it is. But the minute we unleash it, we are directing our soul to blessings or to damage. There's only one of the two. He also describes it early in that chapter 3, that the tongue is a spark that ignites the experience of the fires of hell within us. This is his language. Listen to him. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire by hell. These are the words of this blessed saint. He says, with it, with the tongue, we bless God, our Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds both blessings and curses, my brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Just two chapters before that, St. James says this. If anyone among you thinks he's religious, that is, if anyone thinks himself to be a devoted lover of God, if anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives himself in his heart. This one's religion is useless. Now I want you to hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ talking about our words, where they come from, the damage that they can do as an exhortation to <coughs> lock on them sometimes. In the Gospel of St. Matthew in chapter 12, Jesus says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, and an evil man out of evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you, that for every careless and idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it on the day of judgment. Did you just hear the one who will be enthroned as the seer, the knower, and the judge of all souls? That every careless word, everything that comes out of our mouth, that comes from those unhealed parts of us, will give an account for it. These are the Lord's words. Our Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 15, he says this, But those things which proceed out of the mouth, he says they come from somewhere where? Right here. 
our soul, our heart, the true condition of one's soul, and they defile a man. Our words, my friends, are a great thermometer of our spiritual health. They really are. In fact, one might say that our words are a projection upon others of the realities of what is in our own soul. They project what's really in there. Let me quote Mark Twain. You know that great American theologian, right? <laughs> Let me quote Mark Twain, who sums this up actually very well. Never miss an opportunity to shut up. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? We giggle and we laugh because he puts it so bluntly, so plainly. Is this not what we're hearing from the saints and from our Lord Jesus Christ? Never miss an opportunity to stay the illness that is in our own soul from affecting our brothers and sisters in Christ. Never miss an opportunity to walk in the self-discipline and the fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control, to place our hands over our mouth so to keep things to ourselves and to walk in that meekness that goes out of its way to not harm another person. This is the message that we're getting this morning. And with that same idea, Summed up, you know, we just talked about the tongue, but the message for us is not just about the tongue alone. There's an overarching truth that we need placed within us all of our days from this point forward if it's not there already. And even if it is, it needs to grow and strengthen. Because the message our Lord has for us all as a beloved parish together as a family is this. Work diligently. Work diligently with the grace of God that you have been given, the divine energies of God Almighty, work diligently to protect one another from areas that are not yet healed in your soul. Work with great diligence to protect your brothers and sisters in Christ, the one body of Christ, from the still broken and yet to be healed parts of you and parts of me. That's why St. Paul says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. We might look at this as if he's saying, where, they still, where these vices still exist within us, yet to be uprooted and healed and transformed by Christ, keep them from hurting and bringing suffering and bringing division amongst your brothers and sisters in Christ. Don't let your bitterness, don't let your wrath, don't let your anger well up and get unleashed through your tongue on your family here, causing you to sin, causing pain to your brother and sister in Christ, and perhaps beginning the satanic division that Satan wants to write in God's church. Protect everyone else from the unhealed parts of you. See, rather than allowing the illness of our soul to spill, other, spill over and wound our brothers and sisters in Christ, the only place the woundedness of our souls needs to be projected is towards Christ. We let Him reveal, and He shows us, you know, sometimes often in fellowship. This is why the church is called the gymnasium of love. The weights get, the, will get heavy from time to time. But when we're lifting those weights, you know what gets exposed? Not, not our brother and sister. When we're lifting our weight, when we're lifting weights, it exposes our own weaknesses. And we're to see them, protect our brother and sister, and approach Christ because Christ has unearthed them to heal them. 
to redeem us, to make us something other that would unleash on our brothers and sisters, you see. And so we protect one another. That's why St. Paul says, rather be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God has forgiven you. Please hear this. I want you to know this. Just like we talked about, Jesus said our words, we will be accountable before the judgment seat of Christ for our words. Let me give you the other side of the coin, of blessed encouragement. That every time that through the self-control the Holy Spirit has given for you, that every time you keep the illness of your soul from wounding your brother and sister in Christ, and that includes your spouse, your children, your siblings, and I could go on and on with every relationship. Every time that you douse them with self-control, keep them to yourself. Great love and mercy will be found in you by our Lord Jesus Christ. And before his judgment seat, he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. For you've walked in my meekness. And you've walked in my love. You chose not to hurt your brother and sister to protect them. Do you get that? All of this goes both ways. The Lord is always judging our soul. Judgment is never a negative term alone. It's a neutral term. Our Lord has wisdom. If our Lord says to us, well done, good and faithful servant, he has judged us. <clears throat> and when he corrects us, he also judges us for our salvation. Be mindful of these things. <clears throat> you see, the salvation of the Christian and our Christian unity, it is going to be founded and can only be realized through both our collective and our individual experience of the union we all have with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who is perfect community among himself, among those three persons. And St. Paul is showing us that sin, each one of our sin, is disruptive to the experience of the entirety of the union in the kingdom of God. Our union one to another and our collective union with Christ. In fact, what he's showing us that our personal sins... There's no such thing. Our personal sins are community sins. And they affect community. And we see this so absolutely spectacularly true in the Old Testament. You remember when God told Joshua to lead the Hebrew people to take over Jericho? One thing he told Joshua. He said, when you take Jericho, you can have every, anything you want. Take to yourselves in the city of Jericho. But let no one touch the devoted things. You know what the devoted things were? Beautiful things that were set aside for the worship of other gods. And so they go through, and we know the story. The walls came down, and they took Jericho. And then shortly after that, God called them into battle once again. But this time it was with a much lesser force that they should have been able to defeat easily. Joshua leads them in battle and Israel loses the battle significantly. And Joshua goes back into the tabernacle and he says, Lord, you told us to take Jerusalem and you won it for us. This was nothing compared to that. And we lost the whole battle. Why? And God said, because one of you, because one of you took the devoted things. And they scoured the camp and they found a man named Achan. And Achan had taken some devoted items dedicated to the worship of idols and buried it near his tent. The sin of one man cost Israel a battle. 
My friends, if we could only see with our eyes how greatly in unity Christ has made us by his body and blood and rightly taking us into himself, we must live to protect one another in love from our still broken and wounded and ill self as we still are in the process of healing. When we do, we show love. And rather than unleashing the illness, unleash your healing upon the brother. Out of our mouths should come blessing and exhortation and encouragement where we are furthering one another towards your healing, towards our healing, furthering one another to press into our Lord Jesus Christ to be healed and saved. May it be here in this parish. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.